The following contest is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. Making their way down the aisle, Carlos, Mark, Nick, and Remy, the Entrance Ramp Podcast. And hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrance Ramp Podcast. I am your host, Nick Vega, alongside Mark Lindsay. Hello, everybody. Carlos Rodriguez. Hey. And unfortunately, we we have no Remy this week. But Remy is always part of the family and always in our hearts. Um, this has been a trying week because of the COVID-19. Um, and not only wrestling, but all of sports in general. Uh, so we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw briefly, along with SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. And then talk about the fallout of the coronavirus um, and how it impacts wrestling. So... First things first, Monday Night Raw started off obviously in an empty arena and started off with Edge um, just laying it all out there for Randy Orton. And I thought it was a great promo. We talked about this off the air. Mark, you did not think it was that great of a promo. You want to tell me why? I thought it ended strong. It ended very intense. It was an intense promo. So I, I didn't dislike it. I just think he was all over the place, and I think that if there was a live crowd, it would have been much better. I think the fact that it was an empty arena, um, he had to take pauses to get his points across. It, it was a little bit ADD for me, but overall, it was a great promo, especially with what's out there. He, clearly, he got the ball and was told, go speak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I. I think it was a little all over the place in the beginning, but he ended real strong. So I did like it. I didn't love it. Well, I'm liking a lot of these interviews. Uh, I think I, I I don't know. I think I fall somewhere in between both of you, which is funny because that's how, where I'm here. But um, I think I fall like a little bit in between both of you. Like I, I I feel like the overall like storyline of it, like him meeting, his dad and all that, and, and like saying like, oh, you've only been handed silver spoons and things like that. I, I thought it was a good bridge of a storyline just to recap all the years that they had together. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that he, it felt personal. It felt like I'm going to tell you a little peek behind the curtain of our real relationship. And, you know, I, I came from a single mom and, you know, I, I can I can correlate with that, you know, concept, single mother supports kid. And kid goes on to do great things as opposed to somebody you know, who has got mother and father who are in the business and already, you know, have one foot in the door. It, I, I felt like, you know, he, he definitely was jealous. I think not only was it just basic jealousy, I, I think overall that Royal Rumble, um, Ray Dorton got outsmarted. He doesn't like to be outsmarted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, go ahead. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, um, that was what was played next. It was the whole Royal Rumble from this past year. Um, obviously, Brock Lesnar dominated the first half, and you know Drew McIntyre won. Um, I, I guess that transcends in, into my next question. Um, wasn't it odd to not see Drew McIntyre on Raw? Yeah, he hasn't shown up for pretty much anything. I know the last last time I saw him on any content was uh, he was on his way. I think I, I was like some WWE thing that he was on his way back home just because of all the craziness that was happening last week. But that was that was like a weird YouTube update video. It wasn't anything like raw. 
Mark, how do you feel about like the the world title not being involved in Monday Night Raw at all? You think it's well, just the COVID nineteen? The world title wasn't involved with Raw anytime Brock Lesnar was champion before, so what's the difference <laughs> now? Yeah. Um, that said, um, yeah, I think once Drew wins the title and he better win the title, uh, we should have a more of a focus on the world title on Raw. Yeah, who thinks? I mean, who knows how long this is all gonna last? Like with these empty arena shows and what's going on. And I think I did. I I don't know if I sent you guys. I mean, there was rumors that they're gonna just tape the next couple episodes ahead of time, including WrestleMania, like both nights of WrestleMania. Just to we can talk about that later on, but like they should just have everything banked up just to just in case you never know what happens, especially with Drew, like being you know not from here I, I think he lives i'm sure he lives in florida i'm assuming i mean i just found out brock lesnar lives in canada so oh, oh you know you didn't know that yeah brock no that's why it's funny every time he says something about canadians or paul Heyman says something about canadians and brock will give him a little look like you know i live here right <laughs> i got i gotta deal with this man i gotta go to the grocery store later <laughs> <laughs> So, um, speak, I mean, speaking of WrestleMania, that's all this show was pretty much built upon. Um, yeah. Really not much they can do because of the situation at hand. Obviously, Kevin Owens challenged Seth Rollins. We kind of figured that's the route that they were going to yeah. um Undertaker and AJ Styles had their contract signing, um, which, you know, included AJ sending out uh, the OC to just give him the contract. I love it. Undertaker didn't look like the Undertaker, though. He, he definitely looked like Mark Calloway. And yeah, I'm wondering, me, Mark you know, Yeah, I'm, <laughs> me, Mark Calloway. Uh, I'm wondering, is, is that the route they're going to go, um, you know, to get rid of the whole spectacle of The Undertaker? Because without, you know, the crowd there to feed off his aura, it's kind of, like, silly, you know, just seeing it in an empty arena. If somebody's just watching and they're casual, they're just like, okay. So I guess having Mark Calloway, you know, or, you know, I guess the American Badass – uh, come back. That that would be better for WrestleMania. What do you guys think, Mark? I like the idea of uh, Mark Calloway wrestling at WrestleMania for many reasons. First of all, they kind of that's the one side of him we haven't seen yet. You know, you mentioned the dead man, the biker, the American badass, and then going back to the dead man. Uh, but I think let's kind of compare that with the fiend and with um, Finn Balor, the demon. You know, Mark Calloway can lose at WrestleMania to AJ Styles and get his revenge as The Undertaker at SummerSlam. So that can kind of give AJ a rub uh, at WrestleMania, giving him a victory over Mark Calloway. And then, like, repeating history with Brock Lesnar uh, from 2014 when Lesnar beat that undefeated streak and then lost at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean... Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, it'd be cool. Like, would it be like a weird going away present, you think, for Undertaker? Be like, hey, no, think, you finally hit going away. You don't no. think he's ever going to stop? Nah, not until his body completely ceases to, you know, function properly. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it being. Yeah, it's it's going to be like, to make your work. It's movies. a nice out, though. Like Mark said, it's a very nice out. I, I, it's interesting because, you know, like you said, you can get that rub. I would, if he's Mark Calloway, I definitely see AJ Styles winning this match. But Undertaker, as the Undertaker, is different. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and switch over to uh, NXT. We'll we'll talk about NXT real quick. Uh, like I said, most of these shows were just recaps and build ups for whatever was happening in Tampa. Um, 
So I'll, I'll switch that over to Mark. Mark, take it over. More or less, um, AEW was a recap show. And, uh, you know, it was a great show. If you watched it, if you took the time to watch it, you got a lot of backstory for the big matches that they're planning. Um, we don't know when those matches are going to take place. We don't know if, because uh, obviously TakeOver has been canceled. We don't know if they're going to incorporate uh, the NXT matches in the WrestleMania, which I think they should. Um, but yeah, why we, not got, we got a multiple segment recap of Thomas Champa and Johnny Gargano. Now, us fans, we watch that. We watch it every single week. So we know the story. Yeah. We know the past between these guys. Um, but it was good for the people that may have been tuning in that needed an escape from the COVID-19 uh, that maybe weren't watching NXT that wanted kind of like to get into something. And to give them the backstory, I think, made a lot of sense. Um, and, of course, they did the same thing with Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, uh, setting up that eventual world title match when that happens. Uh, but as far as, as that, NXT... I think it was fine for what it was. Uh, you know, the one-week recap, they taped it. Um, if you guys had noticed, I think Carlos sent out a text that Gronk was going to host WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And that came out at, like, I think 6 or 7 o'clock. But they had already taped NXT, uh, the beginning and the end with Triple H um, and I think Tom Phillips. The, they, they, they taped, the, they pre-taped that. So they didn't make that announcement live, which I think would have been cool if they did. It would have kind of been like a bump to those who were watching NXT. But, it, you know, it, this is a strange time that we're in right now. And I had no problem with the recap show, uh, especially since you are you weren't really endangering any of the talent uh, by by putting them out there. You got any thoughts on this uh, week's episode, uh, Carlos, or just bounce off? I, I think – no, no, I think it works if, if you have not seen – like NXT content and like there's there's a lot of us that can't keep up with like week to week stuff. <coughs> Pardon me. Um uh and you know like in the current landscape, I mean if you are watching if you're watching SmackDown and Raw and AEW and you're like, I can't watch NXT, this is the perfect episode for you. Just to catch you up where the storylines are. Usually I mean a lot of kickoff shows pretty do that really well, but I like this drawn out like this sit-down interviews with Gargano and Choppa about, like, their history, where everything went wrong. Gar you know, Choppa being, like, I saw a different, you know, Johnny in his eyes and things like that. Or Johnny saying, I, I think he went to Choppa, he's like, I looked in his eyes and I saw the same thing that I saw when he hurt me. Like, the same look that when he spit on my wedding ring. Like, I, I like those little touches to the previous storylines. And I thought it was a good recap. I, I just think... It, it, if you're someone who ranks every episode of, like, the Wednesday Nights uh, Warfare, um, AEW one, they yeah. actually had content, you know? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, I, I like There's nothing much I can add to this because it's just a recap show, um, more than what you guys have said. So if there's nothing more that you guys want to talk about on NXT, we can just jump shit. And go right over to um, AEW. Um, so this this week is kind of odd because um, Remy's not here and he usually take care of the AEW. So we'll all three talk about AEW's results. I'll start it off. Um, opening segment uh, was Cody Rhodes standing in the middle of the ring and he was giving a, a an speech about what's going on and he 
seamlessly transition that into the storyline, you know, going forward with Blood and Guts, which, you know, I, we, I just read recently that they're actually postponing Blood and Guts. Um, did you guys hear anything about that? Yeah. yeah Tony Constant out of release saying that they can't really do the story that they wanted to do, which mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Let's build that up and have that happen hopefully in the fall. I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. It's just the it's just that match specifically too, right. not necessarily like he said. Uh, Dynamite's still going to continue on, uh, but that match will take place down the line. Yeah, I, I think um, it's smart because you know you don't want a lot of people to see blood and sweat and everybody you know touch you know touching each other. You're kind of trying to preach social distancing. So it's better to have like one-on-one -on -one matches and not have multi-man matches. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I thought Cody Rhodes gave a great speech though. Um, you know, I, I think he's definitely the top baby face and maybe all of wrestling. Would you guys agree or disagree on that? Oh, absolutely. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's my favorite baby face right now. Um, and he has a different dimension behind him. He's not just a baby face, but we all know he's an EVP. And he is he is towing that line perfectly between uh, allowing the audience into some of the backstage stuff as well as still being an on-camera talent. I am a big, big fan of Cody Rhodes, and I think he's doing everything right. He is an early uh, candidate for Wrestler of the Year, not because of his matches, but because he's the talent I'm most drawn to in AEW which is saying something when you have the likes of John Moxley, Chris Benoit, Darby Allen, uh, a lot of the other. Um, Chris Benoit. I oh, know. I was like, wait, Chris Benoit. What's <laughs> <laughs> my pearls? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. no. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Cody Rhodes has, has an opportunity to really take this character and be the ultimate babyface. Which in turn means that he could also be the ultimate heel if he ever decides to pull the trigger. Uh, we all kind of know that this Cody Rhodes storyline is going to possibly end up with him being the AEW world champion. And I hope that's the plan because he is the most over guy in AEW right now. Yeah, I feel uh, I, I agree. I like that line that he's the ultimate babyface that could also turn to like the ultimate heel. And he's one of those people. And AEW is one of the companies that can do that storyline properly, uh, not kind of push down the baby face. They, I, they could listen to the crowd. They can play up the crowd because, I mean, we had WWE with Seth Rollins trying to, you know, shove him as a baby face down our throats, and it doesn't help that his online presence is a heel, basically. Uh, for the most part, when he actually opens his mouth, it's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't say these things and. Just, you know, WWE is not the only show in town. That's fine. You can appreciate other wrestlers. Uh, and, you know, now we have what we have now, the Monday Night Messiah, which is good. It's fine. It's just but it, it, when Vince finally listens, it was like, hey, no, you're being a bad guy. You should just be a bad guy on TV. Definitely. Um, so that's let me switch over to uh, Best Friends versus the Lucha Bros. Um, it seems like, to me, I'm going to ask this question. Do you think the next title is not the TV title? Is actually a six a six man a three man tag belt? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a trios or whatever the six man whatever they want to call it. And I see it. I bet you they call it trios title just because they have like those connections with uh, AAA, right? Yeah, they have. Like, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that. And and they like AAA has that title down there. New and Japan. now you have like yeah, New Japan has it as well. ROH has that title. Why not? I mean, they they have a couple trios. That's fine. They have Death Triangle, uh, Jurassic Express, Best, Best Friends, Friends Orange, yeah, Orange Cassidy. That. That'd be so, great. I mean, I, you got you got the inner circle. I mean, they have a lot of groups. That that's yeah. what I'm asking Marcus because of the fact that they have so many groups, and it just seems like everybody's aligning themselves with everybody. I mean, just this week, think about it. The exalted one, the exalted one, Brody Lee is here, and now that makes them a trio with Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, and they can yeah. run around. Let's. I'm what gonna take an approach to this, and I'm gonna also say that you have a lot of tag teams that are floating out there that aren't top contenders, um, that they can get a random guy like a Kip Sabian or um, uh, who's the guy, um, Ty Dillinger, uh, Sean Spears. Sean they Spears. Guys, uh, and join a, a, a an established tag team and become a trio. So they don't necessarily have to be a group or a faction, but they right. can just be a, a, a tag team that's reaching out to an in, uh, individual talent and saying, hey, let's go win these titles. So – I'm all about it. I mean, I, I think a TV title would be better, but you're kind of selling me on this trios idea, and I think that that would be a great addition. Yeah, to good one off the top of my head. Private Party and Joey Janela. Yeah, right. Oh, wow, yeah. That would work. There's a trio right there. Um, so, I, yeah, I, that's just my thought. I, I was just watching this week's uh, um, match between the best friends and um, uh, Lucha Bros, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, there's what why would they become a trio? Why would Pat have friends? That's his whole thing. Is he doesn't have any friends, he's not a nice guy, and now he has these two awesome, you know, team wrestlers on his side to make this awesome trio. I feel like that's the way they're going, is you know, having a, a, a trio's belt. Because then that gets more people over. You could just have that on your record. You don't have to be champions, you could be trios champions. Um, so let's let's uh switch it over. Um the Butcher and the Blade versus Jurassic Express. Um, really not much to talk about. It seemed like a color-by-numbers match. Uh, do you gentlemen have anything you want to add for, from that? No, I, I just like seeing, like, Luchasaurus in the ring, man. Because his <laughs> moveset is ridiculous. Like, the way that dude moves and the size that he is, it, he moves like he's almost like Jungle Boy in the body of Diesel. <laughs> just more than five moves, though. The only thing I really wanted to add is that um, there is some, you know, I love the fact that they're still kind of having that relationship between Butcher and the Blade and MJF. Um, I'm not saying that they would be trios tag team champions, but th there's a that yeah. the Butcher and the Blade are hired hitmen for MJF. And when MJF and uh, Sean Spears were betting on the matches, which I thought was a great addition. That was so funny. Uh, it, it was. And I think that, you know, they also caught the camera caught MJF with a very upset look on his face when Butcher and the Blade lost that match, and that didn't go unnoticed by me. So I think that like yeah. having that interaction is only going to elevate everybody, not just MJF. It's going to elevate Butcher and the Blade. It's going to elevate Jurassic Express for beating Butcher and the Blade. So yeah. these little tiny uh, interspersing storylines are a breath of fresh air because it's more natural. It's not forced. It's not acting it's not state it, it, it's oh did you see that oh yeah that was pretty cool i wonder if they're gonna bring that up in a couple it's it just i caught that and i just wanted to add that on with that match 
yeah i i i love the idea again i guess we haven't talked about it but like all like a lot of the the guys in the back just kind of circling the ring as the audience members uh yeah. what are your thoughts about that <laughs> i mean i mean I, th- I thought it was great in the sense of it, it gave the show some life you needed something different like wwe probably would never do something like that they just say hey triple h you're, you're super entertaining go pick on michael cole for two hours and i'm sure nobody you know really yeah. minds that because it's hilarious but at the same point in time um aw you know definitely feels like a family run promotion even though you know obviously it's backed by a billionaire the way cody and the elite have uh pretty much integrated everybody in it's like you know we're, we're all friends here and we are all you know worried about what's going on out there but we're also trying to have uh fun and entertain people along with doing our job um yeah. I, I thought it was very interesting and and smart on their part to, to just separate themselves even by like just a, a small millimeter from wwe the more they distance themselves the better they'll be along the way they can't you know keep comparing each other or start trying to start a war I'm glad they got rid of, you know, all the stuff with Cody smashing the, the throne and all that. That's all dead. Um, they're just focused on their own product. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked um I mean we got some interesting storylines from it too. Um with uh we'll talk about you know the the four women uh like Matt like the tag match that, that was going was it a tag match? I actually forget. Yeah. I don't know. It was no, a fatal four way, yeah. But afterwards, I mean we had like Cole Cabana and Kip Sabian kind of talking crap. You might, you might as well jump right into that. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's, yeah. Let's just jump right into that. I mean if you if you want to talk about that fatal uh four way match, because that's yeah. the point about um like the heels were on one side and the faces were on the other. It wasn't yeah. like it was was cool with everybody. There was still kayfabe flying around. Um, so I guess I guess I guess uh, Sheeta seems like the next challenger for Nia Rose. Do you do you think she's just another bump in the road, or you think she actually has a shot to win, Mark? Well, <laughs> Hikaru Ashida. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you uh, that's an off-air joke. Let me just tell you guys that I have been pleasantly surprised with the growth of the women's division as a whole in AEW. Um, I am a big fan of Chris Datlander. And this past week, the I walked out of that – or I didn't walk out. I sat on my couch. But walking out of that match, I became a huge fan of Penelope Ford. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're building up that women's division to be that anybody at any time can win that title. And um, in this case, it was Ishida, which I think she deserves a shot. And, and you know, Riho came back. I mean – I think Riho has uh, travel issues, right? So she can only wrestle every so often. But um, I just thought the match itself was great, and Penelope Ford really, really uh, impressed me. Yeah, it was like a show. It was a showcase for her, one hundred percent. That Poison Rana that she does is absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's one of the best Erica Ranas in the biz. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then having, um, yeah, it looks. I, I would think Sheeta is kind of like the the handpick to continue the storyline. In the foreseeable future, I know, like, it looked like it was going to be Big Swole is going to slowly go through Britt Baker, but Swole has autoimmune issues, so I think travel is a no go for her right now. Um, with everything going on in the world, so I, I don't know how they'll build up these storylines and, and these things like that, but I, I think she does a great choice to go against Nyla Rose. I think them two will put a hard hitting match and and. That's someone like Statlander, where I like, yeah, it look, it's believable that she could beat Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. So, 
that brings us to our main event, um, the Elite versus the Inner Circle. It's kind of known. Real, real quick, Nick, because yeah. uh, before the main event, there was something that happened that I wanted to really touch upon, and that was the Jake Roberts promo with Lance Archer, where yeah. uh, they ripped Cody for ignoring their presence the, the, the previous week. Uh, this is the stuff that is gold with AEW. Uh, Jake Roberts is a huge get for them. He's great on the mic, and it looks like he is in great health. He's staying clean. And yeah. if, if he continues this, he will be a huge benefit to AEW. And that, we haven't heard Lance Archer say a word yet. It has all been Jake Roberts and his client. And, you know, there's a lot of people that would say, oh, they're kind of wasting Lance Archer. He hasn't done anything. Listen, they're building up to that. And, and that's a slow build, and you don't need Lance Archer to say anything because Jake Roberts is doing a phenomenal job. And I just want to touch on that real quick before we uh, head into the main event. No, I, I 100% agree with that. And, and having the video package they had with Lance Archer just murdering everybody uh, in that, that like, Carney ring. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you're a Carney and you're watching. I don't want to offend you. Uh, small hands. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like having that ring though, like I thought that was awesome because if you don't know him from New Japan or you know things like that, like this is a perfect introduction. Like that that whole everyone's gonna die thing is that's his thing, and he's he's awesome. He's so good in the ring too. I want to see him and Luchasaurus go at it at some point. I know I don't know how they build that storyline wise, but that'd be so awesome. Just a random match on on Dynamite. I can I can see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I agree with all with everything you guys have said. Um, I thoroughly enjoy Jake Roberts. Um, other than the fact that I thought he had like he had, he had like shaved the side of his head. I was like, I was trying to figure out if he just forgot to put just for men on and just <laughs> and the rest of his hair was like dark. But other than that, uh, you know, I have no beef. Um, so I guess we can talk about the main event. There's really not much yeah. to talk about because of the fact that Blood and Guts has been canceled. So this whole match is kind of null and void. I don't know how they'll do something. To you know, compensate the the win. Yeah, it's been it, well. It's been postponed at least. I mean, the, the, it's going to happen at some point. I mean, I, I just I, yeah. I don't, I'm wondering how they're gonna they're gonna proceed with this. Like how, how what stakes are going to be for this week? I mean, they, it seems like they're going to have another empty arena show. How yeah. where where is it going to be at? First of all, like because I don't know. What the there was rumors that they don't know where it was going to be held at. I don't know if they had the daily place, the daily place, right? That's what the the place in Jacksonville is called, the daily's place. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how if they have that on lock, similar to how like UFC has the annex and uh, WWE has the performance center. I don't know if they have that as kind of like a location they could keep using, but I think. I think I, I I see them being able to continue the storyline at least some way, shape, or form. Um, I, the match was great. I mean, as always, the, those those dudes can go, and then having Jericho on the mic, and then what, what do you what are you guys thoughts on um, him stretching time for Vanguard One? It, it was it was evident that something yeah. was going to happen. Um, and, and when I heard that noise, I'm like, oh wow, AEW needs to work on their boom mics or something. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be the Vanguard one. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good introduction to Matt Hardy. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was the biggest thing out of the match, obviously, is Matt Hardy showing up. Um, I guess he's taking Nick Jackson's spot, right? 
Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. He's going to take Nick Jackson's spot. I thought he was going to go to Moxley, honestly. I, I was like, oh, Moxley wants in on this match. It's perfect for him. You know, he's got beef with the inner circle. He can take him out. But, uh, but you know, Matt Hardy is a nice a nice swerve. Yeah, and I wonder how they'll build up his uh, this new broken Matt Hardy. Now he has a red streak in his hair. And uh, I think on his free-to-delete thing, he called himself Damascus. That's why he calls this version of broken Matt Hardy. So we'll see, man. I mean, this is exciting times, man, especially having Matt Hardy creatively unleashed. And he's allowed to do it. And and, and it looks like he's been given some power to go use his creativity in a manner that he wasn't able to before. And um, I just want to touch upon real quick, you know, we're Facebook uh, members of a group. And a lot of people seem to be complaining that they had introduced Brody Lee and Matt Hardy at an empty arena. But, you know, I, I am a big fan. Look, I love pro wrestling. And this is getting yeah. me personally through this COVID-19 uh, as an escape for two hours. And I, I am so happy that AEW has decided to try to go forward uh, producing weekly live shows. It may not be the best thing. It, we may look back at this and say, oh, my gosh, that was the worst mistake they made. Yeah, I know, right? I'm really happy. And the Matt Hardy, you know, we all kind of thought it was going to happen. There were wrestling rumors all over the Internet saying, oh, he signed. He didn't sign. He's going back to Ring of Honor. It, look, that's what Matt Hardy does, man. That guy is his own uh, best promotion machine. Uh, but it was an exciting ending to a show and about as exciting as you can imagine with zero audience. You heard the, the piano playing for his theme song, Crystal Clear, Vanguard One making an impact, and the Young Bucks, of course, being in Free the Delete. The whole yeah. thing tied together about as perfect as you could have made, even with the crowd. And I think the fact that it was an empty arena made it that much better uh, because you didn't have to have the oohs and the ahs from the fan. Chris Jericho's face said it all. Yeah, and uh, it, I don't know if you guys – I read, like, a transcript of uh, uh, Matt Hardy all in Talk is Jericho uh, this past week, and he said that the original idea, at least for him, was that it was going to be in Rochester, <laughs> New York. Uh, it was going to have – they can't have Vanguard 1 in the arena just to do the FCC stuff. So it was going to be outside the arena, and then he would have, like – I don't know, it's like, landed on Matt Hardy, almost like an eagle, you know, like, would land on, like, a like – a, Falcon ear or something like that. Uh, and then that there would have been like a video package for that, and then he would have been in the arena. Uh, and similarly with the Brody Lee thing, that the idea, like they still pulled the trigger on him being the exalted one, but it was supposed to be in Rochester, New York, where he's from. Mm -hmm. So that would have got a huge pop from that crowd. Because, and, and can we talk about? That's the most I've ever heard him speak. Ever. <laughs> I saw tweets about that. Luke like, speaks. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think he ever talked that much in WWE NXT. No. Even like he's good. In, in one of our previous episodes, I had said that you know when he was a member of the Wyatt family, he was a great follower. Uh, but now we're going to see him as a leader, and I, so far he's one for one, man. <laughs> he sounded really good on Wednesday, and he was a great promo. So I'm looking forward to more. Look at where this storyline started with the Dark Order, and look where we're at now. Like, it's so much better, and them taking a little I, bit of time. I knew they were going to be good. Like, everybody poo-pooed on them when they first came out. And, I, I mean, I will admit, the Gimps was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. But, but I knew they had... Right, 
now on our podcast. Carlos signed up. He is a member of the Dark Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it, but I do not want to be a member. I don't even go to church on on Sundays, so uh, I, can't, I can't help. So we're gonna switch over to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Um, Carlos, you want to go ahead and take that away? Yeah, all right. So again, we had uh, we had Friday Night SmackDown emanating from the Performance Center, as uh, did Raw this past week. Um, so I'm just gonna go through just kind of closing thoughts. There's not not too much like similar to Raw. Not too much happened. Um, we had some good matches. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll touch on at least the one great match that I wanted to really speak on, which was uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak as this new form tag team versus the Artist Collective, as they're known now, which was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Cesaro. That was a great match, man. Gulak just continues to show off his technical talent. Uh, I don't. Did you guys get a, a, a chance to watch last night? I didn't get a chance to really watch last night, um, but I read up on it, and you know, you know how I feel about Drew Gulak. I, I've yeah. been following that dude since he had like a thousand followers. Yeah. He's always been like in my book. Uh, if you guys get a chance, like later on today, I, I would suggest watch. I would suggest anybody watch that match. That was probably the the match of the the week. Uh, yeah, when, well, well, technically wise, that was probably the match of the week. In that sense, match of the week is probably the elite and and inner circle. That was actually really good. Uh, not a so yeah, just, pool. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not we don't have that much to pull from yet. Um also, yeah, so um so we had the introduction of Gronk. Uh this is his first time as uh presumably a signed talent within WWE. Um he was introduced as the host of WrestleMania by Mojo Raleigh. Um so is what are you guys I, I actually watched the I didn't I was going back and forth with SmackDown. I thought I was DVRing it and I wasn't. So I was no, going back but... and forth watching it. And I actually saw the segment where Gronk came out and uh King Corbin uh came down the ring. And I gotta tell you something, Gronk on the mic was pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, he's a little he's corny, but like it's fine. Right, it works for his character. Um yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. He enters the ring, he grabs onto the ring post and starts gyrating. It was it was funny as hell. I, I, I know he's hilarious. After after I saw what he did to Steve Harvey. Oh yeah. Hilarious. With the light, boom. He's like, get this guy off the stage. Who is this? It's perfect for WWE. It's, it, and, and and I'm you know as an Eagle fan, I, can't, I shouldn't be a fan of the Patriots, but dude, Gronk is a character, man, and he's somebody who's gonna you know, he's going to be over and, and and he'll be booed in towns like New York and Miami, you know, the AFC East towns. Yeah. Uh, probably get booed out of the building and he'll laugh it up and then, you know, continue being Gronk. But I kind of, I'm interested in seeing where this is going and, and, and it kind of tied into Baron Corbin and uh, Elias storyline that basically he set up that match for WrestleMania. Gronk said, Hey, I'm the host. I'm going to make this match at WrestleMania. And Elias, of course, very happy with that. Yeah, I, I think uh, he, at some point, someone's going to get physical with him. I mean, Mojo kind of, like, alluded to that uh, yesterday opening. Like, that. he was like, hey, you know, in WWE, you know, you get hit on the field, off the field, in the backstage, you know, when you're not paying attention. And I, I don't know why I feel like it's going to be Mojo. Like, I feel like <laughs> they're going to build some storyline where Mojo is, like, angry that he's getting all the hype or whatever. I don't know. That makes sense. It's, it's yeah. a typical WWE story. Yeah, but 
I, I just wonder what, what do you guys think of him in the physical capacity? I, like I mentioned that last week, I think I asked that again, but now that we see him in the ring, you, you think he'll get physical? You think he is doing anything in the performance center? I mean, not it's kind of locked down right now, I guess. I, I have I have two words for you. Mongo McMichael. Yeah. I guarantee you, if anybody could pull this off, it's Gronk. Um, Kevin Green, we saw back in WCW, Mongo McMichael, Reggie White wrestled a match. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I have no, yeah. I have no issue with Gronk. Uh, as long as he's properly trained, he mentioned F- FCW, he mentioned the performance center. So yeah, if he's being trained, he's gonna do it as a side gig. I have no issue. I, I know that. I think Remy was uh, the person who had an issue where we had mentioned, you know, hurting somebody and 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 being an on-air talent. But I think the fact is, if he's used properly, he's not going to be your world champion. So you know, why not have a match with teaming with uh, Raleigh? You know, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's a good point. And yeah, you did bring up a good point. We have Michael McMichael as like kind of the shining example. I, I mean, how many former football players have actually? Russell. I mean, think of it that way. I mean, I mean we Mark, have like I mean, Goldberg named them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, because there's Goldberg, Corbin. I didn't realize he was in the NFL. I forgot about that until you mentioned that last night. Yeah, he was a lineman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, like that. Uh, look at the Rock. CFL. Yeah, but see, it's different it though. I, I think it's it's a total different thing. But like everybody you just named, with minus like maybe LT. Yeah. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. First ballot, easy. As can be, and and I'm not saying that the rest of the guys were complete scrubs, but they weren't known for being football players. That's fair, yeah, well, yeah. Green, I mean, like Kevin Green, Kevin, Kevin Green, Kevin, Kevin Green's Hall yeah, of Famer. Yeah, right. yeah, Kevin Green's a, a beast, but he wasn't a full timer either, right? He was a part timer that would right. that would come through and, and like summertime. Yeah, he would wrestle every so often. Yeah, like, that, but that's what I'm saying. If they're we're we're talking about full time, you know, professional wrestler, and of the cal, like, how old is Gronk? Thirty two. Yeah, yeah. So, he's not super old, but he's, but he's also not super young to be starting in a, a brand new business. And like, I I could just I could see it like McMichael in the sense of he wrestles, you know, maybe for like a whole year in total, but then he goes onto the mic and maybe does commentating. Yeah, yeah, it could work that way. Yeah, I mean, he, that I think that's kind of our barometer for, for this uh, with, with his trajectory that he had in WCW. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's good. So, I'm, we're gonna move on to topic two right here. Uh, it was announced that, um, via Paige, uh, and and Fox allowed her to do this. She said, uh, that Bailey is going to be defending her, her SmackDown women's title in a six pack elimination match. Uh, so it would be Bailey versus Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina, Dana Brooke, and Sasha Banks. Uh, why do we think Sasha Banks is winning? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, for, uh, yeah, I think I think this might be Naomi again. Um, no, unless if, I think if Naomi doesn't win, I think Naomi was supposed to win when it was in Tampa Bay in a huge arena, just so you could see everyone do the feel the glow thing. I I have been on the Bailey train ever since she went heel. She is holding on to this title for as long as she can. Until somebody awesome comes through the, those doors. See, I thought it was going to be Paige. Now, Paige taking the belt from her. Now, that would have been very interesting because yeah, you know yeah. it, it took forever for her to come back. Um, but I see Bailey holding on to this title until someone comes and takes it from her. And I, I don't know who that person is right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, and Mark, what do you think about the the competitors? I mean, I don't, do you think this is is basically the SmackDown's women's locker room? But I mean, we don't have an Alexa or a Tamina or... has a shot. Tamina, yeah, I know. Uh, anybody but Dana. Um, first and foremost, second. <laughs> Why? Dana Brooke. Really? Listen, I'm just happy that it's an elimination match. I have said this before uh, on episodes in the past that when they have triple threats, fatal four-ways, or in this uh, case, a six-pack challenge, I want the elimination. You can really do yourself a favor by building people up by eliminating so many people. So if you wanted to make Tamina a monster, which she is, you can have her pin two or three people in this match and then take the the fall to the eventual winner. Um, So you could really book yourself a, a, a... you can book this to be elevating talent that not necessarily has to win. And I'm with Nick. Uh, I think Bailey walks out champion. Um, I think throwing uh, – what's her name in there? Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Throwing her in there. Um, Snoop Dogg's niece. Throw, oh, I, thank you. Sandra I'm, Banks. I'm throwing, <laughs> I'm throwing a blank back. Um, throwing her in there is, is a red herring. They're, everyone's going to be picking her to win. And I think Bailey's going to hold on to the title. Yeah, I mean, that, you kind of selling me on that. I, I was thinking we get a uh, either Naomi or maybe Lacey winning uh, in this instance, just because they've been they built up that storyline. But I love the idea of an elimination match. I, I, ever since I was a kid, I always hated like just fatal four ways where there's one pinfall. I don't know why. I just hate that. It, I, it's like a weird nitpick thing I've always hated uh, growing up, and I love the idea of an elimination match because I think you can it, – it's a longer match. You can build storylines that way, like you mentioned. Um, I, get, also, you get, like, fatal four-way matches, and they're five minutes. Like, why? Then why do we have this? We want all one. All right, so topic three for SmackDown. Um, so we had an endemic with uh, Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Last week we had an uh, interview with Roman Reigns and Michael Cole where it was basically just like a sit-down, just kind of uh, normal talk between Roman and, and Cole. And I think it was probably Roman's best mic work that we've seen in a very long time. He, he kind of spoke more like uh, Joe than Roman. And uh, this week I think it was the exact opposite. Um Thank God it was short, also because we don't have any like um, no no crowds. But it's like having Roman's segment last week and having this week's segment is like just keep Roman from last week because that is a Roman I can get behind. Just normal talking, no like playing up to the crowd. What I, the line that he I wrote down, it was like he called Goldberg a uh, little bitch bulldog. That's in his uh, yeah. Uh, he he calls Goldberg a little bitch bulldog in his yard who has his title he never earned. I was like, that's a strong segment, but he's he's inflecting the way that Roman would to a live crowd, not the way Roman did last week. Just kind of normally talking like, hey, look, he's a part timer. I'm a full timer. I do this day in day out. Like people don't like me, but guess what? I'm still here for you. He's not. I, that was a way better promo to build this up. And then having Goldberg, uh, they mentioned the headbutt that, you know, gave him the concussion and Roman's tweet about it like a month ago. Like, oh, why do you use the pad to punch the, the entrance ramp? He was like, because I'm not going to give myself a concussion by headbutting a door. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> You're wrong. 
Goldberg ends this last night segment by like, the Ted Bud's gonna take you out. I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> that was the yeah. dumbest thing ever. I, I, I was night and day. It, like like you yeah. said, the promo, it was just night and day. I I did not enjoy that at all. I don't enjoy I, the program at all. Like I I, I can't like oh icon versus icon. I'm like, what? Where? Where where are you people getting this information from? Like yeah, and the only thing I I did like I like I like Roman uh mentioned that he's like all these stars, all these 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 legends contact him or like try to go after him and he takes them out. Undertaker, Cena, you know, like he said he's like he's taking all these people out, but then he never goes after them, they go after him. And then that's why he's like he's like he's gonna be the same with Goldberg. But it's still it's like just the inflection of his voice. It was like that normal top dog. Here comes the big dog, Roman Reigns. Oh like, my god! I don't like that. I don't know why. After having last week and just a, just a normal talk is like, just do that, and and you can be the kind of I'm the big dog every once in a while. It, it's like I don't know. Something about it just rubbed me wrong last night, and I was just like, are we really ending on this? Like, thank God there's no crowd. The crowd would be booed. Also, we're gonna have a that they're not gonna boo. Unless we all record and send it. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's, we'll, we'll live stream these matches because we're yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, and then I, I guess just to, for my final thing, it, it'll kind of blend into our overall topic for, uh, for, the, for every time. It actually just, just, it works for this now. Um, so every empty arena show that we have, at least with WWE, where there's actually in-ring action, uh, like not NXT and, and Raw, SmackDown, things like that, we've had recaps of big matches. I guess the, it is to fill time, no, no matter what. It is just a block of time just to fill. Um, but it seems like they're building with previous storylines. So like this week, we had the WrestleMania, uh, the replay of the WrestleMania 30 match between Bray Wyatt and John Cena where Bray says, at the, at the end of this match, basically, this is where The Fiend was created because of my loss to Cena six years ago. What are your thoughts going forward? Like, can they can these big matches during these live event shows or these empty arena shows help sustain for the next two weeks? We have two more weeks of this to build up towards at the least. two-night WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, what, are, what are your thoughts? Like, you think this is going to be good? I mean, I think it is what it is. Um, they can't control what goes on in the world and what is dictated, you know, by the government um, or or the venues that, that they're trying to be at. So as as long as they're bringing weekly content in terms of, um, you know, just having live action, I'm okay with some of the the replays. I mean, I watched most of the Royal Rumble because I was so bored, and it was a and it was a match, so I couldn't be mad at it, and it made me think. Um, how Drew McIntyre, like, when he knocked him over, he stared at him for a full two minutes. Even after he eliminated Ricochet and tossed him halfway through the crowd, he stared at Brock Lesnar for two full minutes just thinking, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to take that belt from you. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. So it, it made me more intrigued in their match. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think it, it, it'll be good. Yeah, Mark, what, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, I don't I don't know. Um you know, I just I just praised AEW for having um, live shows. Uh, this past week's episode of Dynamite was about as regular an episode as you're going to see. Um, and I praised them for that. 
So I can't rip WWE when they're having a couple matches with building of a storyline by showing a previously recorded match. Um, I can't rip them for that, but I want to rip them for that because, no, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. If I wanted to watch the Royal Rumble match, I would have pulled up the network and watched the Royal Rumble. Um, I think there are ways that they could have built that. They could have had sit-down interviews, you know, they're – Take advantage of the audience um, not being there. Have these guys talk on their promos. And they're not going to get booed. They're not going to stumble. So have uh, a Roman Reigns come out and have an actual segment, a 10-minute segment with Goldberg and Roman Reigns where they're having a conversation. And then slowly that conversation escalates. And then you have at the chairs. Cole leaves the ring. You have the face-to-face. I think they could have done that so differently. So that's more or less what I want to say. Look, we're there. Those wrestlers are there. Whether they have coronavirus or not, they're there. They they, they got tested when they entered the arena. That's true. They're in, the face, they're in the ring. They're, they're, they're not three feet apart. They're there. So make the most of it. If you're going to have physical contact or you're going to have them that close to each other, then book something better than uh, a five-minute segment where they're, you know, using terms that sound like a five-year-old would say it. I, no, I wasn't a fan of of, of of the matches being great. I think they could do so much more with the talent that's already there. What, what were your thoughts? I, I don't know why it just popped in my head, but like, let's say last night we had the, uh, the WrestleMania 30 match. Would you prefer if it wasn't the full match, but it, like right. highlights and then highlights. have like different wrestlers, like, I don't know, like, even keep it kayfabe, just have Rowan be like, so what are your thoughts, like, when Cena, like, beat Bray and just, like, him growl or something? Like, like almost like, um, I'm trying to think of, 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 like, almost like a 30 for 30 where, like, you sit down, you go back, like, all right, so, let, you know, in January, we just had the Royal Rumble and, and Drew, and, like, Ricochet, what do you think about, like, Drew and you, like, teaming up to take out Brock? He's like, oh, yeah, this, this, this. And then he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I wish he didn't take me out, but, you know, Drew is that crazy talent. Like, kind of put Drew over. Like, that dude's a one-in-a-lifetime talent. Like, look look at how fast he is. Like, I'm fast. He's fast, too. And look at the size that difference that we have. Like, like there's no way Brock's beating him. You know, like, things like that. Right. And I'll say this, too. I don't know if you guys are watching on the network, and this is a topic we can talk about in our closing thoughts. But the fact is uh, WWE has released – the network has released a bunch of – um documentaries and, and one of the ones that they recently released was on fcw and how the talent went through florida championship wrestling that turned into nxt and of course the main roster and drew mcintyre had a, a segment on that that was focused on drew mcintyre and you know go back to that you know make it a documentary where you're saying hey this is where i started i was Vince McMahon's chosen one i i had to leave i had to go elsewhere to improve my craft and I came back and now I'm fighting for the world championship and you make it a, a you, you blend the entertainment aspect of it with the real life aspect of it and it can be meshed together and, and they're just not they're not capitalizing I think this is the time that you experiment because we're going to be watching it as an escape anyway I don't know what the ratings are I don't know if this you know I, I know that AEW crushed NXT but I have a feeling that's because NXT was just a recap um, I think if they had new original content, it would be much different. They can continue the storylines without actually having matches, but they're, they're not utilizing what they have. And, and I think that's my biggest um, 
argument with this entire thing. But at the same token, I'm happy that there's something to watch. So I don't want to I don't want to bash them, but I'm not really liking it either. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, and we had, I, I, I well, you know, as I saw, I watch a, a segment on YouTube called Wrestling with Regret. He does a Wednesday, Wednesday Night Warfare, uh, Brian Zane, and he uh, he recapped this past Wednesdays, and he was like, the obvious winner is, is AEW because they did something. NXT didn't. And he's like, and, and he's similar to what you say. He's like, I'm not trying to bash them, but you know, if you watch NXT, which we're assuming you do. You know the storyline, so there's no point for you to watch these two hours. If you're watching, and then you, that just makes you turn to AEW because they're like, "Oh, this is actually new." Let me keep watching. And then you, what do you get? You get Brody Lee, you get Matt Hardy, you get you know Vanguard One, you get all these storylines. You get Lance Archer continuing storyline stuff that it's going to keep building. And I think it's and AEW doesn't have a pay per view coming up. They had the big show Blood and Guts, which was a, still a normal dominate a dynamite night, but. It just in more a hand show similar to Bash at the Beach and and things like that. But their next pay per view is probably May if everything's cool in the world. At WWE has WrestleMania in two weeks, and you're right. This is the time to experiment. We're seeing that now, right? WrestleMania 36 is a two night event similar to Wrestle Kingdom this past year, um, which a lot of people have been requesting. Why not like? And, and and similar too, I mean, I what the, I sent I sent you guys the ESPN thing. ESPN is going to have a recap for the next couple of Sundays, including WrestleMania Sunday, on ESPN TV. Some really important WrestleManias, like if, in its entirety, on live TV. You know, where do we go? Like, is that is that a test bed for the ESPN Plus possible deal that we we talked about before, or uh, possibly? Um, yeah. I, I could, I, you know, I could see it being part of uh, their deal um, where they show, you know, on a Sunday at noon when there's nothing else on, on a, you know, summer night. They could be like, all right, we're just going to put WrestleMania 7 on or 12 or whatever. And that works hand in hand with what ESPN needs and wants, um, especially during right now. Like, they, they, they're just putting up their 30 for 30 content. So they're going to eventually run out. And then when they do, that's probably when WWE will take over. Because, I mean, in total, what is that like? 50, 60 hours of WrestleMania altogether. Yeah, if you do just WrestleMania itself, yeah, and we're gonna there. I mean, this Sunday thirty on uh, this Sunday night on ESPN is gonna be WrestleMania thirty, and then I forget That's which one. Be, yeah, exactly. And then the next two, I forget which they're gonna be, but I, I Mark's right. Like this is a time to test everything, and if you have these segments, show that FCW documentary uh, or at least partial, and the whole time in the lower third, just have. You know, watch entirely on WWE Network, you know, first month free. You know, constantly keep showing, like, hey, this is free from first month or two months, like, extended now with the coronavirus going around. And then do something similar to that, but constantly keep, like, having those numbers keep going to WWE Network. Yeah, I I think that people are just learning as, as we go along, too. So I'm sure WWE will think of things you know, to keep up live content um, along with AEW. Because um, I was just reading about AEW's viewership. It went up 22% this week as opposed yeah. to NXT. So that means at least 10 to 15% of that was watching NXT and was like, you guys said, what is this? I don't want to watch this. I'm going to watch yeah. it. You know? so, so, yeah, it, yeah. Almost, it almost did a million. It did like 955,000. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised. I thought it would be higher just because everybody's inside. 
But you know, then again, it hasn't really taken full effect yet. I'm, I'm I know some people have stayed indoors. Uh, I got news for you. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Fox News and CNN, their ratings are highest than ever, higher than ever. So I think uh, yeah. even though we are watching AEW and or NXT and or Raw and or SmackDown, uh, there is still a large portion of America that is watching Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, and those shows are getting their highest ratings as well. So well, I mean, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does because this is this is more serious than wrestling, of course. And um, well, I, just I figured they would they would they would like a small period of time, you know. Yeah. there'd be some people that would tune out, but. I'm not surprised at that either, but but I am I am yeah. happy that AEW ratings they did rise they did, like like Carlos said they were near a million I think they went up like three hundred thousand viewers from last week I could be wrong on that but they went up they improved greatly uh, from last week's show and I think from us from wrestling fans we are going to watch whatever show is putting up the better content because we need our escape uh, we don't have football baseball's postponed. Hockey, the Flyers finally get good and the hockey season is done. Uh, <laughs> maybe the Sixers got saved by the basketball season being canceled. I'm just saying we need an outlet. And wrestling is that outlet. Yeah, I, I, and I think every – I mean, every company right now is doing as, as much as they can to help facilitate people's mindset. I mean, like they're trying to help people's mental state in this trying time. Uh, and you know, WWE is doing a good job. At least they, they have, you know, again, there's in ring work, um, things like that. WrestleMania is still going on, uh, even though it's in an empty arena. Um, it, I'll be it, it's right. Like, it, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch. Obviously, uh, I've, I've never missed a WrestleMania, I think, in my life. Uh, as, as far as I can remember, I've watched everyone religiously. So, I mean, we have a two night event, I'll watch. That's not an issue. Um, and, and it helps, like watching, having these entertainment options. Uh, I mean, everyone's suffering too, in the sense too, right? Like we, uh, businesses are suffering, uh, wrestlers are suffering. We have independent uh, wrestlers who are struggling right now. Um, you know, don't ask Braun Strowman about it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt that coming along. Yeah, I was waiting yeah. for it in this podcast. I'm like, I'm like, he's gonna mention Braun Strowman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he forgot, you know, how how hard it is to live. Yeah, uh, with that WWE money, but you know, you have everyone's trying right now, and everyone is struggling. We, you know, there's. I, I would say to our listeners, if you if you have a chance just support as much as you can i mean we have um i think wrestle talk had a recent um live two-hour event in an empty arena uh i think and they they helped out some local wrestlers there i think bia Priestley was on there and things like that um you can see Did that on their youtube was yeah, that the yeah. yeah yeah she wrestled yeah she wrestled her fiance so and apparently that's a great match. So why not? Yeah, watch that. That that's that supports those wrestlers. I mean, you know, we have we have crazy times. I mean, look at the entertainment industry. I mean, we have uh, this past Friday, uh, movies that are, have been in theater um, are now on Amazon. And you can rent for twenty dollars. Yep. Uh, like the Invisible Man. Uh, yeah, the Disney hunt. just announced. I watched the Hunt last night. Um, yeah, well, I there you go. Through Amazon. I watched it through the Fire Stick. <clears throat> But I think we would like to hunt. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> but they, there you go. Like uh, everyone's trying to help facilitate people when, where they're at mentally. WWE and NXT and AEW are doing the same thing. Like we're all trying like to help in these weird, crazy times. And I think it, it's it's a weird time to be a a fan of anything like wrestling in general. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, I, I, this is kind of breaking news, but Wrestle Kingdom 14, uh, night one is on New Japan World for free. They just announced. So if, if you are having a hard time mentally, you love wrestling. Hey, first of all, listen to us. Why not? Hey, maybe throw us a, a dollar. You know, we have a, we have a Patreon launching soon. Uh, that helps us out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, go watch, man. Go watch as much wrestling, you know, support wrestlers, talk about it. Uh, let's not pull a Braun Strowman and demonize <laughs> other wrestlers. Braun Strowman's going to come after you. <laughs> Just know that. He's going to come I, across the video, and he's going to be like, who's that guy on the corner? I will scream like a girl. <laughs> I will scream. <laughs> well, I, I have nothing further to add this week. Um yeah. Carlos said, well wishes to everybody out there and um, be safe. Uh, Mark, you want to take uh, it? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, we, there's only three of us today, so we hope, you know, everything's okay. I know Remy needed some time off today, so uh, we hope that Remy's doing well and can take Better. care of some dangerous times we have out there. Um, no, you know, no, we no. all find time to isolate, to get food shopping, and continue our daily lives. But yeah. We hope that for one hour a week that the Entrance Ramp podcast can entertain you and discuss things pro wrestling. And I said it before, I'll say it again. From a very selfish standpoint, I hope that pro wrestling continues because it's a great form of entertainment. And with that said, for Carlos, Remy at home, and Nick, I am Mark Lindsay. We thank you for watching, and we'll see you next week on the Entrance Ramp. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Entrance Ramp Podcast. Please like us on Facebook at the Entrance Ramp Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Entrance Ramp Pod. And subscribe to us on YouTube by searching for the Entrance Ramp Podcast. We'll see you next time.